Uh, what I want to do before I get started is I just want to pray for us, and then we're going to jump into the word from this last Sunday. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your anointing, for your power. I pray, God, that wherever people may be watching from, that, Lord, they would sense your presence. Lord, whenever they would hear this, whenever it would, whenever it would come to them, Lord, that they would sense your life upon this message, God, and that, Lord, you would be glorified through every word that is spoken. Jesus, we ask that you uh, would speak to our hearts, that you would speak into our lives, Lord, and that you would have your way. Thank you, Lord, that your presence isn't confined to a room on a Sunday morning. But, Lord, you can minister and your anointing can be present, God, right where your people are, wherever they're listening from today. In Jesus' name, we thank you for your, your presence. Amen. Amen. Two weeks ago, uh, I, I started sharing on a topic called Breaking Before Breakthrough. As a Pentecostal person, uh, as a charismatic, I, and I think anybody that has a high value for prayer and believes in the power of prayer, we know that we pray because God answers prayer. And so we have a high value for breakthrough. We have a high value for when God comes through in impossible situations, for when God comes through and does the miraculous. We have a high value for that. But what the Lord's really been dealing with me about is that so many times before a breakthrough comes, He wants there to be a breaking. He wants... He wants us to embrace the process of death and resurrection. Everybody loves resurrection life, but few want the death that has to come before the resurrection can take place. And there's a few key scriptures that I want us to key in on the next few weeks as we're thinking about this topic of breaking before breakthrough. Uh, the first one comes from uh, Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. He's close to the brokenhearted. Doesn't that, seem, doesn't that seem counterintuitive? What if the greatest breakthrough that could happen in our lives is that the Lord would be able to use what's going on in our lives to break our hearts so that he could come close? Not that we would get the answer to the prayer that we're asking for, but that we would come to a place of humility and brokenness so that he could actually be close to us. What if that's what he's longing to do in our lives? What if that is the greatest answer to prayer that he could bring us, that he could come close because we've humbled ourselves? Then in Psalm 51 verse 17, it says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Isaiah 57 verse 15 says, I, speaking of God, live in a high and holy place but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit. The Lord has a dwelling place. He has a place where he, he longs to meet with us, and that is in a heart that is humbled, that is contrite. That is in a spirit that's not haughty, that's not proud, that's not independent, that, that doesn't think that, that they don't need God to get through things but in a heart that says, God, I need you every second of every day. I need you for the next breath that I'm about to take. That is the place where God loves to dwell. So I want to come back to this idea again, that God is working in our breaking just as much as he's working in our breakthroughs. He's working in our breaking 
He's working to bring us to a place of brokenness just as much as he's working in our breakthrough. In Luke chapter 9, we're going to read verses 22 through 24 together. Jesus is speaking to a group of people. He's speaking to his disciples. He's preparing them. At this point in his journey, he's, he's making his way back toward Jerusalem, and he knows what's about to happen. He's about to go to the cross to, to pay the penalty for sin so that he can redeem humanity. And he says, he says this in verse 22, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And he said to everyone listening, If anyone would come after me, I really want us to hear those words, hear what Jesus just said. I mean, really let it sink in. If anyone would come after me, he's he's about to define the terms of, of what it costs to follow him. Here's what he says. Let him or her deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake, will save it. We, we could maybe even add to what Jesus just said and maybe even read into what he's saying. He, he's saying, if you want to be first, you've got to be last. If you want to live, you've got to die. If you want to see breakthrough, you've got to embrace breaking. And as I was thinking about these verses, a question struck my heart. And that was, Do we really want to follow Jesus? According to the terms that he made, are you really following him? And are you sure you really want to follow him? We've cheapened so much, especially in the Western expression of the church. We've cheapened what it means to follow Jesus. We've dumbed it down to the lowest possible denominator. And we've said, oh, if you said a prayer one time and you felt some remorse over sin... Well, then you're saved. If you did the ABC repeat after me, you're good. You're golden. You punched your ticket and you're getting into heaven. Well, well, Jesus actually never said that. There's actually nowhere in the Bible where it says, say a prayer and then you'll be saved. I know that may shock some of us, but that's not in there. What Jesus did say was take up your cross daily and follow me. That is his buy-in. If you want to follow me, take up your cross daily, die to yourself, And follow me. In Matthew 10, verse 38, Jesus says it like this Anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. There was a revivalist many years ago named Leonard Ravenhill. His his book, Why Revival Tarries, um, really has had an impact on my life. I've read it two or three times now. And one of the things that he said, I'm not sure if it was in that book or if it's another quote that I came across, but one of the things that he said about the cross was, the church has done a great job of bringing people to the cross, but we've done a lousy job of helping people get on the cross. Did you hear the difference? Because it's huge. We've done a good job of getting people to the foot of the cross. And that's a beautiful thing. People need to come to the foot of the cross and see a Savior that loves them. See a a Savior that, that places value in them and says, you're worth dying for. That's an amazing thing that every person should see. But it's a terrible place for us to stop. We don't just need to come to the cross and see Jesus on the cross. We need to come to the cross and then join Him on the cross 
See, Jesus didn't just die for my sin. He died for my sin so that I could die to my sin. Paul said it like this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That's Galatians 2.20. Paul didn't say, I just came to the cross and saw what Jesus did. No, he joined Jesus on the cross. In Galatians 5 verse 24, Paul says it like this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and passions and desires. Then in Romans verse, chapter 6 verse 6, he says, We know that our old self was crucified with Jesus in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. Listen, Jesus died for my sin is amazing, but it's a terrible place for us to stop. Jesus died for my sin so that I could die to my sin. That is freedom. That is life. That is every day that I wake up, I have the amazing privilege of putting the old self to death, getting on the cross with Jesus once again, and following him wherever he may lead. Because the truth is, as a follower of Jesus, life doesn't revolve around me anymore. Life revolves around following Jesus. Whatever he says, I want to say. Whatever he does, I want to do. Wherever he goes, I want to follow him. I want to have his thoughts. I want to be like Jesus. And for that to happen, for that to happen, I have to follow him daily and taking up my, and taking up my cross. This is part of the brokenness that has to come before we find real breakthrough. So I'll ask you again, are you really following Jesus? Because it will mean following him onto a cross. It will be our undoing and it will be our breaking. You see, Jesus loves you so much that he's going to confront the things in your life that keeps you from his love. See, the dying to ourself every day, it, it, it's not a selfish thing on God's part. He's coming after those things in our heart and in our spirit that keep us from experiencing and encountering his love. He's saying, okay, this selfishness, it blocks the flow of my love in your life, so you've got to kill that. This pride, it, it's blocking me from being able to pour out my spirit in a greater way, so we've got to kill this in your life. You've got to go to the cross once again. It's not that God is after us in a negative sense. He's after us in the most positive sense you can imagine. He wants to pour out his goodness and his love in our lives. But he knows if he pours it out on a vessel that's not ready, it would, it, it, it would destroy us. And so he wants to bring us to this place where we can be broken so we can be healed. Jesus loves you so much that he's going to confront the things in your life that keep you from his love. And I think this is at the heart of learning to be broken before Jesus. Jesus, listen to me, Jesus loves us so much that he allowed his wholeness to be broken in order that our brokenness could be made whole. I want you to think about this. Jesus is the only human being in history, to ever live a perfectly whole life. He never lived in separation with the Father. He never sinned. He never fell short. He always did exactly what the Father had him do. He lived in perfect communion at all times. If there was ever a person that lived a whole, abundant life of peace and joy, it was Jesus. 
And he took the wholeness of his life and he went to the cross and he was broken in order that he could make an exchange with us. In order that broken humanity could be made whole. This is why you can trust when the Lord comes after those areas in your life that need to be broken. Jesus isn't saying, follow me to a cross uh, and, and you just do it, but I'm not going to. No, Jesus went to the cross first as our example. He went and he was broken first so that we could know what it means to trust him and to be broken in order that we might be made whole. I think if you ever see Jesus, I mean really see him, and I'm not, I'm not talking about with your physical eyes. I'm not saying that's not possible. I hope that it happens to me. I hope it happens to you. Um, but I'm saying if you ever see Jesus with the eyes of your heart, if you ever see Jesus in a spiritual sense, I think you'll see why John said in the book of Revelation that he has fire in his eyes. You'll see why, why John talked so much about this, this Lord of glory that came into the room. And John, even though he had spent three and a half years walking with Jesus, when this resurrected Jesus came in the room, he fell down as a dead man because this Jesus commanded so much when he stepped into, into the atmosphere where John was. And you see, Jesus has fire in his eyes. And, and to me, what that means is that he's not going to look away from the places in you that are broken. He's going to stare into the depths of who you are until you wish he would look away, but he won't. Because the place in yourself that you try to hide is the very place that Jesus died to heal. I think about it like this. Um, Jesus doesn't lose staring contests. He's going to stare into that place in your life that is wounded, that is hurting, that you try to hide, that you try to use your strength to cover up that place of, of, of uh, weakness. Jesus wants to come after that very place and he's going to stare at it until it gets really awkward. And either you'll walk away or you'll allow him to change you because he's not going to look away. He is not going to look away. And I think a perfect example of this, a perfect example of this would be the rich young ruler. In Mark chapter 10, Verses 17 through 22, we read about Jesus coming after the brokenness in this young man's life. Mark chapter 10, verse 17, it says, And he was setting out on his journey. As he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him. Man, isn't that great? We've had so many people, maybe you, maybe you're watching this today and you've had an encounter like that with Jesus where you run to an altar and you kneel down and you feel, uh, you feel like, man, Jesus is so awesome and I, and I want to kneel before him. But it needs to go further than that. And, and Jesus doesn't just let this man kneel before him. He confronts what would keep him from actually following him. He knelt before him and he asked him, good teacher, what must I do? To inherit eternal life. And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, 
Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And Jesus said to him, Teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. I'm good. I'm golden. And Mark, Mark captures something in Jesus that the other gospel writers don't capture. Jesus looking at him. Jesus looked at him. This is what I'm talking about. If you, if you really follow Jesus long enough, you won't escape his gaze. You won't escape the fire in his eyes. He looked at him. And then these two words have rocked my world lately. He loved him. Looking at him, he loved him. And he said to him, you lack one thing. There's a, there's a place of brokenness in your life. There's something that would hinder my love from really coming into your heart and into your life. You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have. Give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. Jesus looked at him. He loved him. He called him. Come and follow me. Jesus made the terms really clear. If you want to follow me, you're going to have to die to this materialistic thing that you're living for. You're you're living for material. Your, Your great possessions has brought you pride. And so I'm coming after that. This isn't, this isn't a prescription for us as believers that to follow Jesus, we have to sell everything that we own. No, this is the thing that was keeping that man from following Jesus wholeheartedly. And maybe for some of you, he might. He may come after those possessions, but, it, but it's not meant to be this blanket statement of every person that follows Jesus has to sell everything they have to follow him. No, this is Jesus looking into his heart and saying, this is what will keep you from my love. This is what needs to be broken in order that you can have real breakthrough. And that's, that's following me. Do you understand the greatest breakthrough we can have in our lives is to follow Jesus wholeheartedly every single day, no questions asked, with a yielded, submitted heart? That's the greatest breakthrough we could have. And that rich young ruler was so close. He was so close to being able to follow Jesus, but he missed it because he wasn't willing to be broken. There is no way that you can be following Jesus and escape the jealous gaze of his love. If Jesus has never peered into your life and said, I want this, lay this down, I wonder if you've really met him. I wonder if you've really met this Jesus that has fire burning in his eyes. You see, there's been, there's been multiple times in my life where the Lord's come after things in me Pride, ambition, selfishness. He's come at those things and he's called me to lay them down. And and he never does it in a way where he's condemning me. He always does it in such a way where he's saying, son, I have so much better for you. Son, I need you to lay these things down so that you can encounter my love in a greater way. See, one of the things that I pray for on a regular basis is, Lord, expand my capacity to love you. Like one simple prayer that I pray a whole lot is, Lord, just help me love you more. And if you pray that prayer, guess what? He's going to look into your life with love and he's going to say, do you want to love me more? Here's what you've got to lay down. Here's what you've got to lay down. Here's what you've got to allow to be broken so that you can have a real breakthrough. Jesus has made the buy-in to following him perfectly clear. Let's read again from Luke 9. I want to read this passage that we started with one more time. 
Luke chapter 9 says, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Listen, Jesus made the buy-in really clear. We have to die to ourselves. And do you notice what Jesus said? He said, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to be killed. But in the end, that will lead to resurrection. Listen, there's going to be times in our lives where we're going to suffer. Where we're going to be rejected. There's going to be times where, where God is coming in the fury of his love and he's killing some things in us. Let me tell you, my friend. It may seem like that's the end and that you're never going to get through that. But just remember, it's temporary. I think so many times we don't live with an eternal perspective. This this moment, Jesus' moment on the cross, it was a moment. That breaking led to the greatest breakthrough for us because he was raised. And if we'll remember that in whatever breaking season we're in, it is a season. It's not going to last forever. There's going to be times of suffering, rejection. There's going to be times of dying to ourselves. But if we'll submit to that season, that's where God can bring breakthrough and resurrection life in a new and greater way. If we'll, if we'll just trust Jesus through the process. And I think we have to recognize that if this is what Jesus went through, suffering, rejection, and death, how can we expect that as his followers, we'll experience anything less than our master? The path to a whole life begins when we stop living for ourselves, when we learn to die to ourselves, when we follow Jesus to the cross and then onto the cross Daily. Every day we choose to lose our life for his sake. Every day we choose to be broken so that we can get that ultimate breakthrough, which is becoming more and more like Jesus every day. I know that the breaking that will come won't be easy. But the beauty, but the beauty of a life of love that will flow into us will be so worth it. The beauty of this flow of God's love and glory into us. We, we, won't, we won't think it's a sacrifice when we have those barriers broken down and then the Lord's pouring out his love in a greater way. The reward of life with him is beyond my ability to describe. Listen, there have been things that have been exposed in my life. There have been times that he's called me to die and I felt on the inside like I was going to die. But now as I look at those things and what felt like a sacrifice in the moment, I can't even call it a sacrifice now because of the amount of love that I walk in, because of the greater manifestation of his presence that I sense in my life every day. It was no sacrifice on my part. I laid down death and he gave me life. And this is the breakthrough that we're all longing for. But the price is clear. It will require us to be broken in order to experience it. Let me pray for you. Jesus, 
We don't want to just come to the cross today. We want to get on the cross with you. We want to do what these words say. Take up a cross daily and follow you. Lord, I'm so thankful that as people hear this message, that it's going to stir their hearts in faith and trust to know that if they're in a moment of breaking, that Lord, there is a breakthrough coming. And that in this you will work. They'll stay on the cross with you. There's resurrection that will come. So teach us to trust you in greater ways. And help us. Help us so that on the other side, we look so much more like Jesus. Lord, I pray for those that are in a breaking moment right now. Keep their perspective eternal. And help them know. Help them know that this isn't a wasted moment. But it's a preparation moment leading them to greater things, greater encounters with your love. Lord, if anybody's watching this today and they don't know you, I pray today they would turn to you in faith. They would put their their confidence in what you've done, Jesus, by dying for them and that they would die to themselves in order to follow you today. I ask it in your name. Amen. I love you. I pray God's blessing on you today. I hope to see you really soon.